today we want to have a conversation about strengthening your marriage by building on common ground. Marriage is built on common ground on a solid foundation, have the ability to stand up against challenges that happen to us in life. James, we often say marriage really isn't that hard. Life can sometimes be hard, and without a sure foundation, it can cause marriage to feel extremely difficult. Welcome to the Art of Spousing Podcast, and thanks for taking time to listen to the show. We know your time is a precious commodity, so we appreciate you spending some of your time with us. Hey, we have a pretty big event coming up this Saturday, October 1st. It's called Ignite. It's a day-long marriage enrichment event from 8.30 in the morning to 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, it's going to be really great. We have our friends Todd and Julie Mullins, who are also our senior pastors, and our good friends Jimmy and Irene Rollins with us. And we're going to be also speaking in the general session. There's going to be several breakouts. Tickets are on sale and the link will be in the show notes. It will also be streamed online. So if you're not in the West Palm Beach area, you can join us online for this event. But if you're in the South Florida area, we'd love for you to come and be there to be part of this event. And if you are, we would love for you to come up to us and let us know, hey, I listen to Art Espousing and we'd love to hear from you and see you there. Yeah. Today, we want to have a conversation about strengthening your marriage by building on common ground. Marriage is built on common ground on a solid foundation, have the ability to stand up against challenges that happen to us in life. James, we often say marriage really isn't that hard. Life can sometimes be hard. And without a sure foundation, it can cause marriage to feel extremely difficult. That's true. So what we want to do is we want to jump right into the discussion and set our time up on this premise that you can build a strong foundation for your marriage by answering three big questions. I'm ready. So the first question is why? What we mean by that is why does your marriage exist? Why does our marriage exist? This is the purpose question. It's all about the purpose of our marriage. Marriages often struggle because they don't understand or know the purpose or the why their marriage exists. Because they don't know their purpose, many couples, they get stuck focusing their attention on all the problems they face, the issues and the conflicts. They concentrate on trying to fix those things instead of living into the purpose that they have. Actually, their energy goes all in that direction instead of a positive direction. That's right. The problem is that we tend to become what we think about. Mm -hmm. As our friend Greg Gorman often says, you gravitate towards what you contemplate. So if you're constantly focusing on differences between yourselves or the issues or problems or conflict, those differences will continue to grow. Those conflicts, those issues will continue to grow because that's what you're focusing on. Right. But if you have a unified purpose and you focus on living into that purpose, your marriage will move in a positive direction. So one of the things we always love to talk about is being purpose-focused, not problem-focused, moving from mundane to masterpiece Masterpiece. level, right? Right. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be conflict. I can tell you that is a fact. (laughs) That is a true story. Hashtag facts. Okay, we got you. (laughs) It simply means you are moving together in the right direction. We do have conflict sometimes, but the truth is because we have a unified purpose, we're constantly moving together in the right direction. Yeah, it drives us back to the right things. There are three general purposes that all marriages are created for. As believers, we know our primary task is to make Jesus known. That's right. And we believe our marriage does make Jesus known. Right. Secondly, we are created to bring God pleasure and God designed marriage to demonstrate his unconditional love. So those are three general purposes. Right. Every marriage 
that every marriage has. Then there's this unique kind of purpose that is designed for each marriage. Right. And when a couple is living into that purpose, they make God known. They bring God pleasure and demonstrate God's unconditional love to the world to their family, to their friends, to That's the people right. in their community. So how do you determine the specific purpose for your marriage? Now, I have to say, James, this is a struggle bus for me, all these questions. And so you can do it, people. We can figure this out. Right. Well, I think it's true. I mean, determining what God has wired your marriage for takes a little bit of work. Yeah. Because there's two individuals mm-hmm. who are uniquely wired who have different backgrounds coming together and it's merging of those two unique individuals into one life, one purpose. And one of the things we love doing is we love taking couples through an intense coaching experience that we call a marriage reboot, where we actually walk step by step in discovering and writing a purpose statement for their marriage. That process actually is two full intense days. So we can't do all of that in 25 minutes on this podcast. But we do think we can give you some things to talk about together. And we'll also put a few tools in the show notes that you can use as you have discussions around finding your unified purpose. I love it. Lisa, why don't we talk about some of the tools that we use during the marriage reboot and kind of unpack those a little bit. So common core values is the first tool. Core values innately form the basis for all of our decisions. Actions not consistent with our core values will cause us anxiety and stress. Can I get an amen? Yeah, it's true. true. So knowing what your core values are allows you to live more true to who you are. One is individuals and two as a married couple. Yeah. And I'll just say here, a lot of times we find when we start talking about core values, Mm -hmm. individuals value a lot of things. Right. And if you value everything, you value nothing. nothing. Right. So it's really diving down into what are those three to five things are really core to who you are. Yeah. But when you focus on those values that you hold in common, you can build on them, make decisions, informing the way the world experiences your marriage. That's right. So James, you and I have some individual values. I thought it'd be kind of cool yeah. if you stated yours, I stated mine, then we can yeah. talk about our common ones. So my personal core values are loyalty. I'm loyal to the people around me and I want there to be that sense of loyalty from the people around me. Integrity is a huge one for me that you are what you are in private and in in public. Quite irritating when that doesn't flush out with people around you, right? And then significance. I want my life to matter. I want to make a difference with how I live my life. Those are three of my personal core values. How about you? Right. Well, I thought I'd just mention you can identify a true core value because you actually look at people around you that you appreciate those things. But sometimes like what I've seen with you, if people aren't integrous, mm-hmm. it's really irritating to you, yeah. which really highlights or disloyal it, those things, not to give a really powerful word, but it is a trigger for you. Yeah, you're allergic to those things. So to it. that's a good way for you to know like what, a, if what you really value, you, what you really value. So mine are Order. Okay. I really love things to be in order. And that's not even in my top 50. That's correct. <laughs> There's attention, could possibly be attention, but we've managed it in both, give and take there. Candor. I appreciate honest. I do not like to read between the lines. I want someone to tell me. I want them to be kind. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a little sensitive, so I do like it kind, but I don't want to have to pretend or figure out. So I want there to be honest candor back and forth. And a huge one for me, and we've talked about my story on art espousing. You can see why this would be, and that is trust. That's right. Trust is a very high value. So if trust is broken with me, it is very hard to regain that. And I have to actually work 
that. So those are three yeah. values that are my personal values that you actually, not that you don't think those are important, right. but they're not your top five. Right. But on top of our individual core values, we actually share some values and those are the things that we can build on. And one of those is authenticity. You can hear it through things like trust for you or candor. candor. For me, it's loyalty, integrity. Those things really are about authenticity. And you're talking about being allergic <laughs> Both of us are pretty allergic to people who are not authentic. We can sniff it out like the dog it is. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's exactly right. That's well, true. It is true. <laughs> but understanding values, they are the true north. They point you in the direction of being true to how you live. Authenticity for us as a couple, we want to be authentic. We want people to, when they meet us, when they interact with us, to find we are who we are and we don't put on a show. I love it. So the second tool is actually common interest. We talk about common values, but now common interests are really the activities that we have in common. Sadly, too many couples don't do any activities together. Maybe the husband plays golf, enjoys fishing or cycling like myself, and maybe the wife enjoys running or loves paddle boarding or something else. Like, like coffee drinking with a friend yeah, drinking under coffee. a blanket. <laughs> yeah, cozy. exactly. That's an activity. That's a, that's a big activity. Yep. But unfortunately, many times couples are going the opposite direction in their activities. So when it comes to relational or recreational, recreational intimacy, which we talked about in episode 11, we have to actually be intentional in making plans of finding some things that you can do together to build on common ground. We've had to do that, right? right. And sometimes it's it's putting your preferences aside and doing something that is enjoyable for the other person. So like a couple of weeks ago, we went and looked for candles. Right. Not something that I particularly enjoy. But, but you sniffed a lot of candles. I sniffed a lot of candles. <laughs> And we rode in the truck together and went to Ross and smelled candles and had a good time together. It was an activity that we did together. Well, and I would say it sometimes can feel awkward. For example, I decided because you love cycling, I wanted to try, give it a go for cycling. You've been asking me for yeah. several years. You were a trooper. I was a trooper, but it's awkward for me. It was painfully awkward and painfully by painful, I mean painful. <laughs> so, That's right. But I did give it a try and I'm not giving up trying, but it is me looking to what you're doing and wanting to be a part of a shared activity. Mm -hmm. So it is pressing past our own preferences and doing something to connect and relate in a recreational way with our spouse. Yeah. yeah. So I shared about me breaking my hip. Maybe sometimes we can share about you bending your coccyx. Yes. And that is a very sensitive bone, <laughs> cartilage-ish thing at the very tip of your tailbone. Yeah. You had a hard time sitting on that for a while, didn't you? That's right. And that was all due to me going all in on a recreational activity of cycling with you. And so I'm still in recovery right. over the bent coccyx. It's a fun word to say. But listen, if you're going to build on common ground, you have to have some common interest. And again, that means that you're going to step into each other's world a little bit and make a plan to do activities together on a regular basis. I, I love this quote by Dr. Steve Stevens in the book, Blueprints for a Solid Marriage. He says, couples who know how to play and have fun together develop a bonding that can carry them through the most difficult times. That has been so true in our life. Sometimes it's just sitting together, having coffee together, something that's going to have that common interest connection time. So we had common values, common interest, and the third is common passions. Is there a cause or a passion that you both 
share in common. We both have a passion for helping people create positive momentum in their lives. That's right. My individual vision, part of my individual vision statement is I create change in people's life. I'm a change agent. Yeah, And so that is a part how this blends together, that we have this common passion. Yeah. And mine plays out in probably like leadership development. I love working with leaders who are wanting to go to the next level or that already have some momentum in their life and wanting to just help pour a little fuel on that to increase that momentum to mm-hmm. help them continue to move forward. Both of us share that passion of actually helping people move forward in life. Right. So I would say yours is a lot of helping people with self-leadership. Right. And mine has a lot to do with soul leadership, their motivation, their momentum around keeping their soul clean and their heart clean. That is where it is similar, mm-hmm. but different in momentum is if there's someone with momentum that's wanting to find healing from past trauma, things that are hanging them up in their life, I latch onto that and I'll help them go and move forward on soaring in the momentum that they have. Right. And so when you think about what both of us do, it's easy to see that our purpose together as a married couple is going to be in that area of helping people make change or move forward in their life. We just recently kind of reworked our purpose statement for our marriage. I thought we could share it. And it's basically that we build and empower people to create significant lives. And I love that. I love it. And that that's individually we do that, mm-hmm. but actually together we do that. We build and empower people to create significant lives. And that's why we actually do the Art of Spousing podcast is to help people move from mundane in their marriage to masterpiece level in their marriage. I love that you can actually, at the end of the sentence, put a lot of different phrases on it. Our purpose is we build and empower people to create significant lives through the Art of Spousing podcast. Mm-hmm. And that we could literally fill yeah. in the blank at the end of that period. Significant just, lives in business, significant lives in ministries, and significant lives in marriage and relationships. Exactly. Right, right. And family, all of those things. I love it. That's awesome. So when we answer the why question, then we can move on to the second question, which is the what question. This is the vision question. And a vision is a clear, comprehensive picture of some point in the future. It's not a dream. It's not a wish. It's not a goal. It describes what the future will look like in detail, and it points in the direction of how to get there. When we talk about vision, I think there's some benefits that come to this in our marriage relationship when we have a unified vision. One, it helps us understand what is trying to be achieved. When we know where we're going, what we're doing, it helps us understand what we're trying to do together. And a clear vision also helps simplify decision-making. And then the third thing is a clear vision provides a tool for preventing conflict. It does. If we know where we're going, then it's going to help us stay unified towards that vision. Mm -hmm. So in a point of tension, we can point back to that and that would help answer lots of questions of possible tension and decision-making that we have. Right. Because one of the things I've always heard said is like, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to get there every time. Right. And a vision helps you know where you're going as a couple in your marriage. And we have been to the place of nowhere often (laughs) before we had the vision. Okay. I love what Stephen Covey said. And this is a great phrase for us to know how to do this is start with the end in mind. Right. So a good question to start with in discussion is, What do you want for your marriage? Right. What do you want for your marriage? Like you said, James, vision isn't a dream or a hope. Hope is a suggestion. Vision is a declaration of what it will be. Right. So here is an exercise you can do to get a taste of creating vision for your marriage. Take one domain of life. So there's lots of domains, marriage, family, finances, communication, intimacy, lifestyle. Choose one of those and have a conversation about that domain as if it were currently happening. What does it look like? What does it feel like? 
Talk about it in present tense. Right. Yeah. So you don't want to say we will be. No, we, we are. are. It's not like someday we're going to do this. No. Currently, we we're, live. We're experiencing our vision as it is. Don't worry about how you're going to get there, but actually think about being there. Right. Surround yourself in that vision. So, you know, we work with couples and take them through a process of discovering their purpose. And then they take some time to write out their vision in these different domains. When they read it back and they've kind of unified on it, man, it's electric. People are crying. It's like, oh, that's us. That's what we're going to do. And to give you an example of what a vision statement looks like, Lisa, we just recently worked on our vision. We broke down the different domains. And so I thought maybe you would share one of our actual vision statements that we've just recently worked on. Yeah. So this This vision statement is in the domain of our career and calling. And so this is future. Yeah, three to five years from now. That's right. So here it is. We consistently build into the lives of thousands of individuals and married couples by providing resources, content, and coaching and helping them create significant lives. We actively serve at Christ Fellowship in roles where we help team members move forward in individual leadership, while at the same time regularly speaking at churches around the the world and coaching individuals and couples in marriage and executive leadership. We coach and equip church leaders, providing wisdom in a safe place for ministry leaders. Are we doing any of that right now? Not much of it. <laughs> But that's where we're going. It's and a declaration. It's a declaration of, of what our lives will be like in three to five years. And even today, us recording this podcast is part of living into that future and living our purpose of building and empowering people to create significant lives. That's right. So we build on common ground by answering the why and what questions, the purpose and vision question. And then finally, I know you love this question I because you've it. been, I can see it in your face. You've been wanting to ask this the whole time. The how question. I am a how-to girl. And honestly, I... I know this what why business, but I always want to ask how in both of those questions. So I have refrained and done a fantastic job. You have. So the how question identifies two things, priorities and boundaries. And the priorities and boundaries are the choices and habits you'll make in order to be true to your purpose and also to fulfill your vision. Priorities are the things you will say yes to. They propel your purpose and vision. Like us carving out time in the evening to do this podcast is a priority right. to it's us. It's a yes for it us. It is a yes. And boundaries are the things you say no to. You want to avoid or limit those things that will keep you from fulfilling your vision or that are not aligned to your purpose. That's right. So this evening, we're not watching a lot of TV. Right. It's a boundary we put up, and our yes is recording this podcast. Right. So one of my favorite axioms for priorities is the statement that yes lives in the land of no. Think about that. For every yes, there's going to be a lot of no's. Mm -hmm. Every time you say yes to something, or every time we say yes to something, we're actually saying no to something else. You're saying yes to something that's maybe good, but then you have to say no to something that's maybe better. And as a couple, you need to determine how to set priorities that will protect your vision. Right. So I am a yes girl. I have a problem with yes. So I've been exercising my no muscle. Mm -hmm. I love people. I'm a peoply, peopling, people person. <laughs> That's a lot of people's. Yes. Yes. This vision for us in these different domains and our purpose statement has helped me define the no in my own life. Right. It removes this tension between the two of us, or it allows me to have a conversation with you of going, does this make sense that I would say yes to this or no to this? Right. And it has actually eliminated a lot of frustrating tension points because you can see I'm processing and working 
navigating that and trying to make priorities. This can come with finances, right? All all the domains, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, our purpose again, going back to build and empower people to create significant lives. If we're going to spend a large amount of time on something or with somebody, we want to make sure that it's living into our purpose. That it actually is building into that person or those people, or that it's creating significance in their lives. Okay, so a couple of tools that we use with couples when doing a marriage reboot are smart goals and a tool that helps couple determine what they need to manage for and manage against. Smart goals are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. This would be a fantastic discussion to have. What are the actions that you need to prioritize to move toward the desired outcome? It could be as small as praying together daily or taking a walk at night to debrief the day and talk about your vision. It gives you a lot of momentum because you're accomplishing things. It's fantastic. Right. Okay. So the second tool is the manage for and manage against tool that helps identify those things that steal time and life away from your purpose and vision. So we need to get a plan to manage against those things that steal our time and then get a plan to manage for the things that feed your purpose and vision. So for example, managing against something is time wasters for us. We do love to veg out in Netflix. Yep. And just binge on that. It is a time waster. There's value to it, but if it's consuming our whole evening, time waster. So we have to manage against doing that. A manage for is, I love to look at it this way. We've heard it of it's important, but not urgent. That'll kind of define what you need to manage for. And for us, that's our prayer life. We're both pastors. You would think, oh, our prayer life must be rich and just, you know, we're in the prayer closet together all day. (laughs) No, we're not. We manage for that time together. Mm -hmm. So daily we've set a Rhythm of praying together. Now that may be a short prayer, it may be a long prayer, but it is specifically, and I even have a habit tracker. That's true. That's good. Uh, you know, recently we did a follow-up connect with a couple that we had done a marriage reboot with. They walked through the entire process with us. And I remember when we got to the vision piece. There was some tension getting there. Some tension getting there. But once we got there, it was like amazing. When we got there, they had set some smart goals that they were going to accomplish in a timely manner. And so when we connected with them, it was about a month later, and they had already accomplished all their smart goals. Love it. And uh, they were so excited about living in their purpose and the momentum towards their vision. And it was funny, the wife actually had found a book of smart goal worksheets that she bought from Amazon to continue this process. So once they finished those SMART goals, they sat down and they created some more SMART goals to continue to move them towards their vision. These are overachievers. And you know what? Their vision actually got me excited. I was so excited for their vision because it was so crystal clear. Yeah. And I think that's that's true. I, I think when, when people are living towards a vision, it is contagious. I think when it builds momentum, not just for themselves, but also people around them, when they see forward movement in their life towards you know something that's maybe bigger than what they are at the moment, it's exciting. Yeah. So today we have given you a lot of content, right. but here's the deal. Just take a step. Start having conversations about your marriage purpose. A great resource that can help you is a book by our friends, Greg and Julie Gorman, To Become One. It's a fantastic guide for discovering your specific purpose. Yeah. Maybe you and your spouse want to take a deeper dive into your purpose and vision. We'd love to talk with you about the marriage reboot process. There's a link in the show notes where you can set up a video call with us to get more information. You can also email us at hello at artespousing with your questions about the marriage reboot process. We love to be a part of your journey towards the purpose that God has for you. 
So we hope you found this content helpful. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, and answer any questions you have about what we've shared today. You can email us at hello at artespousing.com or hit us up on Facebook at artespousing. You can also direct message us on Instagram at artespousing. We would love it if you help us get the word out about the podcast. You can do that by letting your friends know about it by sending them a link to this show. You can also help people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. So hey, we want to invite you back next week. We're going to be talking with our friends Grant and Stephanie Gardner, hearing their spousing story and things they've learned using the Enneagram as a tool of awareness. It's going to be fun. So have a great week and we will see you next time on the Art of Spousing podcast. And until then, bye-bye.